Martinez, when the legendary prodigy passed away last year after being hospitalized for sickle cell anemia, we were all shocked, okay? You know, he did one of uh, his last episodes ever, the Father's Day episode of the Premium Pete Show we did, which is forever legendary. Now there's a new podcast called The Realness. takes you inside Prodigy's life and music using never-before-heard audio tape. It will introduce you to the person behind the rhymes. The Realness from WNYC Studios X, while a rap icon, still couldn't escape a single recessive gene. Listen and subscribe to The Realness wherever you get your podcasts. Check it out. We back at it again, man. Let me tell you something. Shouts to everybody who checked out last week's episode with the one and only awesomeness, heat makers, man. Listen, he, I mean, just first of all, do not sleep on that episode. If you didn't listen to it, make sure you put it on your to-do list, okay? So many gems in it. To do, it, it was like class was in session. Such a talent to do. If you're, if you're a producer to be somebody in the music industry, somebody who wants to learn about anything to do with music, producing, artists, etc., put that awesomeness heat makers episode on your to-do list, okay? And go back into the catalog. We're there. Subscribe, rate, leave a comment, okay? Whatever it is. And you know, every week when I tell you, okay, I tell you, open up your Twitter app, open up your Instagram app, at Premium Pete, at Premium Pete Show, okay? And check the fuck in. Let me know where you, where you, where you, where you at. You know, we got D.C. on the check-in. We got Melbourne. We always got Buffalo on the check-in. We got Tokyo, Australia, Russia. I mean, listen, internet, worldwide, appreciate the love. But if you want to do anything for me, if you appreciated any episode out of this catalog over the years, tell a friend to tell a friend, okay? Subscribe, rate, leave a comment, at Premium P, at Premium P Show, and let me know what your favorite episodes are. Check in, let me know where you're from, so I can talk to you, so I can chop it up with you. Let me tell you, before we get into this week's episode, um, I didn't do an intro of the week before, or maybe even the week before, but I'm so proud. Um, I've been busy. Um, my daughter graduated from high school. It's been a beautiful feeling. It's been amazing. Um, I always say time flies, and you know you need to take advantage of it because people think they have a bunch of time, but you really don't. My daughter graduated from high school. Uh, yes, I did tear up. Yes, I did drink a lot of wine. She's going to college. It's a proud moment, and I'm really excited, man. Uh, love your kids, man. You know, do more for your kids and buy them Jordans, you know, to match with, man. You know, spend some fucking time with them. And the great thing about it is I got a, a three-year-old son, and I get to do it all over again. Because only thing, you know, one thing is why I love your parents, love your friends. If you got people you fuck with, fuck with them. Because you only get one, like, she only graduates high school one time. And I'm really proud. And, and, and man, it, 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 I, I got to get back in the swing of things. But my daughter going to the prom, I had to get strapped up for shouts to 50. And then my daughter uh, graduating, you know, I, I had to, uh, you know, shed a thug tear. But it was beautiful. Internet, before we get into this week's episode, I do want to, you know, I always put something out on Twitter or Instagram. And, and the most latest thing I put out there on, on my Instagram was, don't judge your success on other people's successes. You know, I, I, and basically, you know, what it is, is, is it's a recipe for disaster. So many people always say, like, why can't I be like that? Or I see them doing this. You, you don't know. First of all, all that good is ain't gold. Second of all, you don't know what someone else is going through. And third of all, you don't know what they did to get there. Okay? You know, put the work in. Uh, use your day job to fuel your dream job. You know, um, make good relationships. Don't be a fucking douche or better yet, a dickhead. Um, and uh, be pure, man, and follow your dreams. Don't ever quit. Even when shit gets rough, man, believe in yourself. Don't ever forget to believe in yourself. Internet, this week's episode is legendary. Uh, we sit down with the one and only... The uh, iconic producer, Scott Storch, extraordinaire. I mean, we go over just the history uh, of his discography, which is insane. Working with artists as Beyonce and, and Christine Aguilera and Pink and, and Fat Joe and, and Little Wayne. and I, I mean, the list goes on. Exhibit. I mean, it, it's insane of how many tracks that he produced, had his hand in, wrote, etc. Okay? Legendary, legendary legendary. I want to give a big shout out to my guy, Steve LaBelle, the whole team. Um, you know, thanks for putting this together. And, and internet's what I really like is, is, is his Vivo, um, doc that they have still storage. Beautiful, beautiful doc. Go to Vivo, check that out and really fuck with it. Internet's, I don't really got to say no more, man. We got Scott Storch in the building. Uh, we're about to turn it up. Internet's, I present to you this week's episode of the Premium P Show with the legendary Scott Storch. Let's get to it. Cheers.
Come on, everybody, get set, let's go. It's the next episode. It's the Premium Pete Show. News, interviews, all of the info. Listen up, it's the Premium Pete Show. If you want the scoop in the low, down low. Listen to the show, cause Milk said so. Fuck what you heard, better act like you know. It's the Premium Pete Show. Internets, welcome back to another episode of the Premium Pete Show. Sitting here with the, the legend, the man, the myth producer extraordinaire i mean some the comeback kid i mean have you been called the comeback kid not yet okay well what's named that besides scott storch which is your original name have you ever had any other aks s-s-o-t-k okay that was the roots thing scott storch on the keys the piano man mm, mm, the, mr number one mm, mm. A couple Listen, listen, AKs are beautiful. Internet Scott Storch is in the building. Thanks for being here, man. Thank you, brother. First off, shouts to uh, my brother Steve LaBelle. Uh, you know, he's been, been a big supporter of me for years. I love what he's doing with you. I love, I love, uh, I was at the screening the other night of the Vivo, um, you know, documentary on Thank you. Thank you for coming out. You know, and of course, it was beautiful. We had popcorn. They had, um, you know, uh, Merlot. I was drinking Merlot. Merlot. Yeah, fancy shit, man, you know. Yeah, about it. But, um, you know, it's, it's beautiful to see. Um, for me, like, I, I look at it like, I'm a person who may come back. There's a lot of people who may come back. So whether you're down and out, uh, you know, through drugs, whether you're down and out through, um, you know, uh, jail or just making, you know what I mean? Just turning your life around. That's one of the most beautiful things. Like people, like a second chance is, is, is really amazing. You know, when you think about some of the dark days, you know, does, does that inspire you today? Like where you are now? Like to think about you're not in that same place anymore? Yeah. And you know what? You know, all the luxuries that I took for granted before, now, like, coming back and, and you really appreciate things. Like, you know, just looking out of my view at my house and just, you know, sure. just incredible things, man. I just, I'm very happy with my life right now and inspired. And Yeah, we'll get to, you know, like, how, like, the comeback and, you know, what kept you focused and, and you know, music and, and, and what you're doing now. But more importantly, one thing I I, I really like to see is that, you know, and this is not only a New York thing, but growing up in Brooklyn, um, I always feel like we we look good, but we weren't really good inside, say. You know what I mean? Like like the shades could be worth 10 grand, uh, but we were really depressed. You know what I mean? Like a lot of like people I grew up around, like we had chains, we had watches, we dressed fresh, we looked good, the sneakers were good. But, you know, people didn't know deep down that maybe we were depressed or maybe that, you know. Um, a facade. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, and you, you ever feel like you went through that that stage where, you know, you looked better than you actually felt? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, life throws us a lot of curveballs. Mm-hmm. You know, even when we're all the way up, it's there's still, you know, you're not immune from anything. So, you know, I've I've had these moments in my life. And then obviously after I had, uh, you know, addiction to drugs and stuff, that's when you, you know, mm-hmm. you really get depressed. And You know, I ask some people this because it's like you, you sometimes when you get clean, you, you take a look back. You know, did you when did you ever think about why? You use drugs? Like, do you ever think about, like, were you feeding, like, you know, a pain? Or, like, was it something you were depressed about? Like, you know what? I can't even front. Like, I was partying. I was celebrating, and the celebration turned into a disaster. Mm-hmm. It was just too long of a party. <laughs> and, the, mm-hmm. and the party evolved into just very bad things. You, you know? It, you, what fun turned into not so fun. Yeah. You grew up with uh, mom and dad? I, you know what? I kind of raised myself. Um, like me and my brother, both of us, but you know, I'm, uh, you know, I had, um, you know, two great parents, but at 15 years old, you know, they were no longer together and I was, you know, just freshly moved in with my dad and, um, I didn't want to go to school. I wanted to make music. So I was cutting school and, you know, uh, he said, either you come, you go back to school or you move out. And Mm. I called his bluff and I moved out. And I, I mean, I don't recommend that for just anybody, sure, but sure. for whatever reason, it worked out and it was the road I chose and I just stuck at it. And, and, you know, I had this fire behind me that I had to like prove my dad wrong. Like that music wasn't a pipe dream. And, what did Pops do? He was a court reporter. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Stenographer. Okay. Well, and, and, and so was, the Bronx. So they invested in his hands. Uh, yeah. you, you know, insurance, uh, you know, don't they put insurance on hands on your stenographer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's funny. So he's a piano player. Oh, really? So did he teach you how to play the piano? No, I'm self-taught. And just, just this is something that you, you know, like just came across at a young age. You know, it was honestly. um, I just loved music. Before I played music, I mean, my my brother, we um, 
We used to like take tennis rackets and stand in front of the mirror and l- listen to albums and pretend like we were giving a concert and whatever mm. when we were like six mm. years Some old. Some Led Zeppelin old. style. Yeah. Were you a fan it's of? A uh, foreigner, you know. A foreigner, nice foreigner. Were you a fan of uh, all that? You know, that's one oh, thing yeah. too that, that I found. Ozzy Osbourne, all that. Really? Yeah. Okay, okay. And and, and what, what about like any Beatles? Or, of course. So th- there was inspiration yeah. there. Yeah, but when I really got interested in making music, I now found this affinity for like mid 70s and late 70s soul music I was like listening to Earth, Wind & Fire Al Green Marvin Gaye and Sly Stone all this stuff and that was like really how I taught myself it was just listening to that stuff and like emulating it and copying it and little by little getting better at doing that and then kind of like watching and uh, looking at the songwriting mm. that went into those songs not so much this technical ability of becoming a virtuoso player on the instrument. I became virtuoso of writing little loops, you mm. know, early on, these eight bar loops of sure. what what I thought was popping and musical changes and dynamics and all the way records were made. Well, that, I mean, you know, it's funny because at, at uh, teenage years, I don't know how, because we weren't, you know, we didn't have a lot of money, but my father was a piano in my family. And my sister, my father used to play. And the only song I ever knew how to play was When the Saints Go Marching In. <laughs> and um, I used to, you know, ding, ding, you know, dun, 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 you know. And you, I always thought it was hard. And I'll never forget when my sister went to piano lessons, they used to tell her all the time that she'd be good because she had long fingers. Is that a stereotype? Is that is a... I mean, I play all right piano. I, I think. think so. I don't, you know, I'm, I guess it can help. Yeah. You know, especially if you're playing like some crazy classical thing that's like they're going crazy. Yeah. You know, you think about um, you produce so many hits. I mean, I mean, you know, before you even knew that it was going to be, you know, you didn't, you're just producing, not even knowing what these could be. You know, when we look back now after how many years are you in this game? Now, 20 plus? Yeah, 20 plus. 25. <laughs> look at this. 25 plus. We working. Um, do, do you have a beat? Or a session that was one of your favorites that you remember to this day. That's something that you know you, you defines, like you know, you're like wow, like a. There's been a lot of them. Mm. There's been a lot of them, but you know, I hate to sound generic and just mention one of my biggest songs out of thousands of songs. But I remember Fat Joe coming over to my house mm. the first time, and from scratch we made Lean Back, mm. and it was amazing. The whole that mean? process what does that mean? was yeah. 15 minutes. What does that mean for like people listening who may not know? Like when you say from scratch, like what does that mean? Like there was nothing and then there was no loops involved. There was no anything. We just, from scratch, I program a drum pattern. Um, no break beats, no nothing like that. And uh, hit the keys, put this, put the whole song together. And then I remember when I finished making the meat of the, the, the main part of the, the beat, Joe was like, I need a crazy intro. And we did... That took another five minutes. So we're 20 minutes in now. And we got... And I, I, you know what? He left. And I didn't hear anything about that song. He didn't cut the vocals that day. I didn't even know if he really liked it like that. But six months later, he said, yo, we got one. Mm. And then Summer Jam, and then it was just... It was on. And then, so that's one of your favorite. Is there a beat that you hear that you wish you'd made, like from somebody else, like a song that you hear that you're like, damn, I wish I would have made that? No, I mean, I, I, I appreciate I appreciate other people's beats. It's not like I wanted to make it. I made enough of my own. But, um, you know, there's definitely a, a bunch of songs that I'm, you know, I love. Mm. I want to go back to your parents for a second. What, what did mom do? My mom was a singer for a while when she was a kid. Um, but she was just a, you know, housewife. Mm-mm. She made she made good food. What she make around the house? She made some manicotti. Get out of it. She didn't make no manicotti. Of course. Yeah, really? Yeah. Nice. Manicot. Yeah. Okay, there you go. You say it better. You know, I, I ask this to a lot of people because it is it, really, really serious. Um, when parents divorce, um, it, it sometimes or most of the times affects the kid. Um, you know, just, and it could be even at a later age, sometimes a young age, just growing up. No, it definitely happened to me. Yeah. It's weird. I, I, I haven't really... Uh, had too many ailments in my life other than <laughs> drug addiction. But I remember when my parents separated, I was unable to hold food down for like four months or something. Mm. Like I had like my stomach had issues or whatever. And it's crazy. It did affect me. Mm. Did you have anxiety. And shit. 
Did you ever get a chance to go to therapy or talk about anything like just from being through so much? You ever, no. I, I know it sounds to some people, and especially we're. I think we're almost the same age around. Like going to a therapist is kind of like get the like. I don't need to pay somebody to do that, but sometimes we're bottled to have so much stuff in, and you know, just to. I don't hold on to it. Okay. I'm able to somehow miraculously let it go, and I'm happy. I'm healthy, and I'm in a good place. You know. I'm sure everybody has, like, once in a blue moon, you wake up in the morning or you're trying to go to sleep and you start thinking about things you could have or should have done in life. But it doesn't really, you know, I just I just man up, keep going, thick skin. Mm. You still speak to uh, mom and dad? Uh, yeah. Mm. Relationships. I have, yeah. Fortunately, right now, my relationship, I'm heavily involved with every family member I have right now, immediate family member the first time in my life and really taking control of everybody. And, you know, I held everybody down for almost my whole life since I'm a kid because I was the only one who ever earned any money in my family. And, um, you know, being absent from that and being a drug addict for a while was, was you know, I had to take a hiatus from that role. Sure, sure. And it feels great to be back and making sure everybody's great and, and taking care of everybody. What was that one moment, you know, I, and that's another thing that I always like to talk about, where, you know, maybe your parents, they understand what you're doing, but they don't fully understand, like, what you know, the success of it. And then, you know, you go buy them a house or you go buy them a car and they're like, holy shit. Like, mm-hmm. do you remember a moment like that early in your career where you did something for your parents that of you were course. really proud of? For everybody. Yeah, really. You know, I, you know, I liked it. I, and, I, you know, um, it made me feel good mm. to do for them. Mm. Yeah, it's a moment like that. You know, you think about when you got you, you when you started off. You started off obviously with the roots, right? Mm-hmm. How did you even for people listening who may not even know who Scott Storch is, right? How did you even start off? Like, how did you even get into the roots? Like, how did you even get into the the click to be able to do something with them? Okay, um, I was living with my dad, and we in South Florida. I had just moved in with my dad, and uh, my mom. She, like, you know, got engaged to some guy, and I wasn't feeling him, so I moved in with my dad. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I moved in with him, we moved to Philadelphia from Florida. And I wasn't feeling like, it was like bullies at the school I was going to. It was a couple of weeks I was in this new school, and outside, right outside of Philadelphia, an area called Bensalem, like mm-hmm. blue-collar blue town. Yeah. And um, I just cut school, and then my dad, I remember he had mentioned to me that there was a guy who worked in his court reporting office that was an aspiring music manager. You know, he was not really super supportive of the music thing, but he just wanted to have, you know, like do something. Sure, sure. So he put Give me down with this guy, Richard Nichols. And Richard, you know, God rest his soul, is one of the greatest guys, you know. He was ex-Black Panther, like mm-hmm. super mm-hmm. cool dude. Ended up taking me under his wing and but why do you I think ended he did up that? leaving home and I moved into, huh? Sorry about that. I don't mean to cut you up, but why did he, why did he, why do you think he did that? Just because, because of Because I played piano. Okay. No, not, and then it became against the will of my dad. He was like not down. And, you know, he got pissed off because I was now like living in West Philly and trying to pursue a career in music at 15. And he's thinking, why are you not like going to school, become a court reporter or something like me and be miserable for the rest of your life? Sure, sure. sure. <laughs> yes. And I was for the next 40 years, retire, get a pension. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, sure enough, um, he ended up, you know, talking to this guy, AJ Shine, and this other guy, Kilo, and they were talking about, yo, you know, we're starting this, you know, hip hop jazz group. And he's like, yo, I got this kid, Scott. He's a little white kid. You know, I don't know if it fits into the vibe, but he plays a mean keyboard. And it's like my thing at that point was I was emulating all this 70s Bob James sound and stuff. And I had a Fender Rhodes when it was not cool to have a Fender Rhodes. They were giving them away. Mm -hmm. Nobody wanted that. You wanted to have a synthesizer, like, you know, some, some sequencer or whatever. And I went back to the essence of it, and that's how I started. I had three broken keys on the thing. It was made it part of the sound. And some of my inversions were dominated because I had the broken keys mm-hmm. and everything. So I show up to this, you know, rehearsal with a Fender Rose. It's the size of a coffin, you know, with the cabin and yeah, everything. Yeah. And uh, I went out and I, you know, I rehearsed for, you know, I, I auditioned for the Roots. And, and you know, they were feeling it. They were like, "This is the sound," you know what I mean? And just happened so we started playing on the streets like south street and cecil b moore avenue there was a a block party and uh derrick jackson showed up 
who let you know ended up becoming uh, my manager of my my early production. You know, the actually the you know the, the main meat of my production career. And he came down. He saw us, and he called Wendy Goldstein. Mm. She was now she was a Geffen at the time, and you know we got a record deal with Geffen Records at that time and in 1993. It was a million dollar deal. I mean, it wasn't like any of us got any substantial money or anything, but it was a big deal. And now I'm a signed recording artist. Mm. So, you know, I heard a story that you were um, you played the piano in the session. You know where where the roots were. You know, forming, and you played uh, uh, the piano. You thought you were going to get in trouble because you you know you were just like playing playing around, and you know you just there's it, some shreds of truth to that. All right, so simultaneously, while the, I was in the roots, and you know we were sh- struggling artists before the record deal. Sure, sure. I was interning a little bit at Rough House Records. It's also in Philly, which okay. was like 4th yeah. Street in Callahill. And they had a studio there called Studio 4. And it was like my like crash course introduction to the music business. At the same time, they had Wyclef and, and Lauren Hill in there recording, you know, this group called the Fugees. And, and they had Cypress Hill doing their like early albums mm. and Criss Cross. And I was like cleaning ashtrays and this and that. And I was supposed to be doing something work-related and I ended up sneaking into the live room of one of the studios before a session I was playing piano and Joe the Butcher who was the owner of Rough House said can you come down the hall for a second and he had me play on a Schoolie D record mm. called Another Sign Classic Yeah so Classic the First thing I ever did on any record ever What was it like working with Questlove? Amazing You know I it definitely helped me watching him drum, play drums and the rhythms and I got a chance to get programmed into my head constantly you know people will always talk like Scott's drums are crazy like this and that and a lot of that was inspired by seeing the live drummer and then applying that to an MPC 60 and and trying to emulate these grooves and it just took on its own identity mm. you know it's funny when you uh, look at somebody especially when you're doing uh, like episodes or interviews or conversations whatever you want to call them and you look at their, like, discography, and you start to say to yourself, like, God fucking damn. You know, I think that is one word what people, you know, uh, have to say when they think about, like, your discography. I mean... A lot of people don't know. No, no, no I'm, I'm going to go... Listen, I want to go over some. You stop me if, if, if there's something that sticks out to you that you really enjoyed. You know, I mean, I'm sure you enjoyed all of them, but uh, you got me. The Roots featuring Erica Badu and Eve. Mm-hmm. Er, it's early on. We're starting from the beginning. Still Dre. You know, Dr. Dre featuring Snoop Dogg, uh, X, Exhibit, yeah. uh, featuring Snoop Dogg. Then, then we'll move on over to Family Portrait by Pink. You know, Fighter, Christina Aguilera. Uh, the Streets, WC featuring Nate Dogg and Snoop Dogg. Keep on going, Can't Hold Us Down, Christina Aguilera featuring Little Kim. Baby Boy, Beyonce featuring Sean favorites. Paul. Yeah. How, how did that even come about? Um, the, the, that duo, uh, how that record no, happened? No, just how that record happened. I mean, uh, I was camped out in a studio, South Beach Studios with Beyonce, um, working on the album, Dangerously Love album, and we ended up cooking up so many records, some amazing records, and we ended up with three solid ones. This song, Baby Boy, Naughty Girl, and Me, Myself, and I. Was won, won a Grammy. Uh, yeah, and uh, it was a blessing, man. And I, it was so crazy. I, I've told this story before, but... I remember when I was talking to like the label and the management and they were talking about writers and I had a friend of mine that was, you know, at a, you know, one of those places in your life where it's like, you know, between places. He had been a, a huge rapper early in his career, EST, mm. three times dope. And I convinced everybody that I had this amazing R&B writer who had never really written any R&B anything in his life. And I just went out on a limb for my boy and brought him in and tried to get him into the project. And he ended up vibing and gelling with Beyonce in a heavy way because she had this amazing trained melody, melody ability and, and she was incredible. His lyrics were like street and, you know, his melody was not so trained at that point. And the combination of them, the, the two together was just amazing. Mm-hmm. It was like a mm-hmm. lyric and melody duo. You know, this, this discography is, is insane, man. I mean, clap back, Ja Rule. Uh, popping them things A favorite of mine A yeah. G-Unit uh, Just with Buck Okay Amazing guy <laughs> Yeah he was Actually he was in this room uh, I came up here a couple of years ago uh, Bun did a verse on a, a track He was up here 
Uh, had 16,000 blunts rolling around. Speaking of which. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll do that in the break. Um, we did me myself. Naughty Girl, Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Let Me Love You. Yo, that's, you know what's so crazy? Let Me Love You by Mario. Uh, because it's like when you look up Let Me Love You, I think uh, Justin Bieber comes up now. Yeah. Like surpassed the, 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 the try. But Let Me Love You by Mario was like, for me, like, um, I mean, I've dedicated that to girls. I was like, you know what I mean? Like, I sent them a track. It was an important like, record. At the time, it was the longest running number one song ever to date. And it was a uh, um, special record. And it was me and Neo created that record. Mm. And my friend Cam. Um, but yeah, like. But, but why did, I'm surprised Neo didn't want to, like, you know what I mean? Like, Mar- like how did Mario come in the mix? I mean, yeah. we were we were writing. Neo wasn't a, quite an artist yet. He was a writer. Mm. And um, I was working with Mario. I mean, it was something through the label. There's an interesting story about that song. That song almost didn't happen. Mm. I remember I, um, I made the record, and Larry Jackson thought it was a smash. And I thought it was a smash, and Mario thought it was a smash. So we marched it up to RCA at the time, and we went to took a meeting with Clive Davis. And he not only didn't want it on, on the, uh, as a single, but he didn't even want it on the album. He's like, this is not it. This is just, you know, it's too smooth and this and that, and blah, blah, blah. And then six months later, I got a call again from Peter Edge. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, my God, this record's brilliant. We've got to put it on the album. We've got to make it the single. Woo-woo. And then there you go. Mm-hmm. It was almost one of my greatest misses. Now, that's, that's not, that, that is a, a, an amazing track. Um Time's up, Jada Kiss featuring Nate Dogg. Uh, the legendary Lean Back, Fat Joe featuring Rami Ma. Uh, Don't Say Nothing, The Roots. You Make Me Wanna, Jada Kiss featuring Mariah Carey. How did, how did that, 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 that's a big track, you know? How did that happen? Jada, he went for it. He got that feature, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it, 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 you did that in the studio? Yeah. You know, there's something, too. Obviously, people know you as a producer. When you look, there's a lot of, uh, you, you know, you're credited on a lot of songwriting. How, do, how does that how, how does that even happen? Like for somebody like I don't I don't know that particular part of the business, but like you're a producer and you know you, obviously you're crazy with the piano and then you p- became a producer and how does the songwriting come into fact? How do you like how does somebody let you on a song say like yo I songwrite too? You know what? Because sometimes I think like the way I grew up, people are like yo we're good. You just do the producer, we don't worry about it. How does that? Come about. I mean, I'm not really like a lyric writer. I'm a melody writer. Okay. And like, I'll, you know, I'll take the piano and I can do melodies and this and that. But a lot of times early in my career, you know, you say, they say you got to earn your stripes. I've been in situations where I went down as a writer on a song that I really produced. But, you know, we have, sometimes we have to take that to the chin and grow and, and hopefully, you know, get our power and then we can get all the credit we deserve. Uh, we keep, you got more, man. You got more. If I'm missing some, you let me know. Um, candy shop for descent featuring Olivia. Just a little bit. That's it. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I see my favorites. Yo, just a little bit. is so fucking classic. I seen when they had the Gotti movie. I don't know if you've seen this clip. John Travolta. Yo, John Travolta dancing to, uh, just a little bit with it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yo, this shit is classic. I posted that. Oh my God. Yo, that shit was classic. What happened to Travolta's dancing? Um, he was Saturday bad, Night man. Fever. He looked, like, he, looked yo, like a, he looked a little he uncomfortable. Like a, he looked like a bad white stepdad. It was bad. You know, uh, dancing, man. It was, uh, you know, he had the, ah, oh, man. But it was funny, you know, and, and, and that is a classic one. Um, Plays Only, R. Kelly featuring the game, Get It Poppin', Fadjo and Nelly, Run It. Yeah. Chris Brown featuring Joel Satan. That is a, a, a smash. Yeah, it was Chris's very first How the fuck did that record? happen? Mark Pitts, mm. um, Tina Davis showed mm. up with this young kid, Chris Chris Brown, man. And I remember that day, I was feeling myself, and I, I told Chris, I said, Chris, I'm going to make you a number one song today. Just promise me this. You'll never change, and you'll always stay the nice kid that you are. And he did. Mm. Um, okay. I mean, he's still a great kid. I kept kid, my promise. Yeah, no, I mean, you kept your promise. Not. I, I mean, he's what a talent, man. I mean... You cannot deny how talented mm-hmm. that kid is. You seen that? Well, he's a loyal person. Yeah, yeah. Like he's one of the few people. What do you mean by when you say like that? you know the ones that didn't disappear and walk away from me? Like when I was in, no matter what condition I was in, if I would send Chris Brown a record, no matter what, even if it was the worst beat in the world, he would cut something and send it back to me and tell me to use it for whatever I wanted to. That's mm-hmm. real. Mm-hmm. You know, watching that Vivo film, you, you said something there that really stuck out to me. Um, I'm a very heartfelt dude with people that I fuck with. And when you said that, uh, 
you know, you made people a lot of money and they turned their backs on you. And, and, and at the end of the day, uh, people could say, well, they don't owe you nothing. But then you said something. They were like, but people didn't take the time to call me or even say, like, yo, how can I help you? Or like, yo, yo, Scott, man, I know I've seen you ain't doing right. Uh, you know, let me come and have dinner with you. Or let me like people just sometimes I think they don't know. They just see people explode and, and, and you know, without even helping. Man, when you said that shit, it uh, it really sat with me because I was like people, you know. But they, a lot of people just they got what they needed and that was it. Mm. If there's no there's no hot beats coming from him right now, I don't need him. That's what people you know. But a phone call, just like you know, it's like we could be friends, but you know, um, texting you, you know, happy holidays. Uh, mm-hmm. Those are the little things around the more than the yeah. beat. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, you know, and it's crazy. Like even when I was all the way up and everything was gravy, there was still the artists that would be your friend. It's like I feel like. Every time I made a song with somebody, I was like, we're like a band. Like, yeah, for yeah, that sure, moment, sure. we're in the studio, we connect, we're a yeah, band, we're yeah. coming out. Like, you know what I mean? And, and, and it's like, you have these relationships and certain people, you know, were social and they were like, reach out and they actually, you know, maybe wish you a happy birthday every once a year, even that. But then there's those that just, they don't care anything about you, no matter what condition you're in. They're just, they just wanted their track and that's it. Yeah, I know you credit uh, your girl, uh, Flo, is her name? Mm-hmm. I know you credit her to, um, you know, keeping you straight or, or, you know, getting your mind right. I know you Inspiring credit- me. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I, the only person I credit to making myself sober and straight is yourself. Is myself, because it was me that makes the decision every day to never again use. And, mm. But she inspired me to do it and showed me how much life I have left and, mm-hmm. and how incredible through sober eyes looking at my children will be you know it's funny you say that because uh you know i'm a father of two i have a you know i'm very uh, i was a separated dad when my daughter was two years old my daughter's 18 she's going to college uh this coming year i'm very excited my son is three um but i've always uh put into life uh this uh mantra presence over presence meaning the the time the presence in your kid's life will mean more than any gift you ever give them you know um even like somebody like little boozy i got a lot of love for little boozy when we sat down with him one time he said you know my kids were good you know even when i was away they had ipads and stuff and they had this i was like yeah but they didn't have you mm-hmm. and you know it we look at like our kids. I watch his IG. I, I see him spending time with oh, the kids. Oh yeah, he's great with his kids. Always swimming yeah, and yeah, all yeah. that. Yeah, he's he, definitely. A good he's got guy. a clan, man. How yeah. many kids you have? I have twelve. No, I'm just Get kidding. The fuck out of <laughs> here, bro. You just. I was like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got a you know baker's dozen. No, I got I got three kids. Mm-hmm. And at any point in time, because you know, I'll give you a quick story before we go to break uh, on me. Um, you know, I was away uh, many years ago. Um, you know, I was in a box for a year. Um, very depressed, very lost. Um, the only, th- you know, I finally let my daughter was only about four years old. I missed her first day of school and I felt like what a piece of shit I was. Um, and I used to look at her picture and she made me, um, you know, say like, yo, when I come home, I'm not doing anything illegal. I'm going straight. You know, how did your kids like in your mind, like when you got, when you were on like your brink of like getting clean, did, did, were they the inspiration? Cause I feel like for sure you need something like that. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, and just abusing the God given talent and not, you know, making the best music that I can make. And it's just like such a waste, you know? Mm. So. Oh, the saddest thing is in life is wasted talent Word to the Bronx tale But we're still moving and grooving Let's go to a quick break uh, I want to get into Coco Nugs uh, I want to get into the rest of your discography I want to push this Vivo uh, uh, doc that I love uh, I really think it, it could have been longer, man I mean, I, I love it I'm like, damn, I want to see like a part two You know, <laughs> Internet's don't go nowhere We're sitting here with the one and only The legendary Scott Storch Forget about it Forget right about back. it Internet's when the legendary prodigy passed away last year after being hospitalized for sickle cell anemia, we were all shocked. And it was an upsetting moment for hip-hop, for his family, for everybody. Okay? Listen, he did the last episode. He did the last interview. The last interview prodigy ever did was with me when we did a Father's Day episode and something I'll forever be proud of where we spoke about his kids and him wanting them to be better than him. And, and it wasn't no drama shit. It was just real-life stuff. And I'll tell you one thing, man. I couldn't be more excited to announce that they have a new podcast called The Realness from WNYC Studios. It takes you inside Prodigy's life and music using never-before-heard audio tape. It's called The Realness. 
The realness will introduce you to the person behind the rhymes that hid from years of excruciating pain. The realness is a podcast that goes behind Prodigy's music to reveal his lifelong struggle against his own body and how that struggle informed his lyrics and fueled his success. Internets, listen and subscribe to The Realness wherever you get your podcasts. Learn more at therealness.org. Okay? And one time for our brother Prodigy, rest in paradise. Until the next time I see you, my brother. Blessings. Check out that podcast. Cheer. Yo, check this out, man. It's Prodigy from the infamous Mob Deep, the head nigga in charge, HNIC. You know what I'm saying? Repping at Queens, New York. Chilling, man, right now, man. Just kicking it, you know what I mean, with my homie, Premium Pete. And this is the Premium Pete Show. Keep it locked right here. Don't go nowhere. Real shit, one. Internet, and we're back. Sitting here with my guy, the one and only, Scott Storch. Uh, let me tell you something. One thing I seen uh, when I went to break was Coco Nugs. And that was uh, something I wanted to talk about with you. Besides producing, besides, you know, writing, besides doing everything in the music business, you know, what are, like some people may not even know things you're doing besides that to invest in, you know. Um, this is one of them. Now, whose product is this? This product is, you know, part of my immediate family. My girl came up with this idea. We were at a weed festival one time, and she had the munchies, and she decided she wanted to make chocolate that looks like weed. Mm, mm. Not to get you high, but just as a novelty. What was your first thought when somebody said like... I was yeah. like, she's crazy. <laughs> now she's selling 80,000 jars a month. Mm, mm, so. mm. Now, where can people find coconuts? Obviously, besides uh, stores and retailers. Uh, so, online? Online, all over the place. Okay, but okay. Most importantly, right now, outside projects I'm doing, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, tell the story and and, you know... My manager told me, Vivo, mm, to get involved and, and make a film. And I thought it would be an amazing moment to, you know, just it was the right timing to, mm. to tell the story a little bit and, and you know, refamiliarize certain people and the new generation of people that may not know who I am and, you know, mm. hopefully but, touch some people. But they, but they have a lot to, uh, you know, look up for. Now, what about uh, uh, Storch? You know, are you, do are you doing your own products now? I mean, yeah, I have a little plug-in that I'm doing with Studio Linked, and um, it's a workstation that, you know, a producer, aspiring producer can, all the sounds are right there. You know, the, you know, the drums, the keyboard sounds, the strings, and everything, and you know, it's a plug-in world right now, so. Mm, mm. Hey, listen, you got to get into it. What about, uh, you believe in, um, like, investing, like, real estate, or what about Bitcoin? Course, you fuck with this Bitcoin Not Bitcoin, shit? but, you know, real estate is real, so, you know. Mm. You know, getting a, a a real estate portfolio is important for anybody. That's that's best place to put your money. You know, one time I had a conversation with Just Blaze, and uh, we were talking about wills, and I was like, I don't want to make a will because that means like you're preparing to die. And he's like, Yeah, but you are gonna die. You, do you believe <laughs> in wills? Have you you know you believe in doing? Yeah, all that shit scares me. Yeah, you know, I I, I at a time when I was in bad shape was court ordered to get some life insurance policies for. Mm baby mamas and et cetera. And I was like, Oh wait, am I worth more not alive <laughs> to somebody or, you know, but whatever, you know, it is what it is. You know, uh, so, some people, uh, in life say they wouldn't change anything, you know, like, you know, things happen for a reason or, or that's, it made them who they are today. Yeah, if you I had mean, the chance, would you, I mean, you know, I definitely, you know, could have taken a better road, <laughs> but you know, I definitely, I don't regret a lot of the things that I went through and it made me the man that I am today. And, and you know, I, 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 um, I have a whole thirst for life. You know, it's important too. I think people, you know, like for those who know you and for those who don't know you, you know, making a comeback, you know, changing your life around, this shit is not easy. No, it's you not. know, um, you know, I'm sure there's people moments. count you out, yeah? but you can never count out a person that, you know, has talent and is driven and, and, you know. Um, I'm sure there's moments where in days where, you know, you feel like, you know, taking a step backwards or you feel like maybe laying in bed an extra half hour, putting the blankets over your head. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, but, but if you've got to power through and the crazy thing is what I don't think you realize is you're an inspiration for other people that have you know been there. I don't really get those days anymore. Really? I'm in a great place. I think better than, than ever. Mm. You know, um, you credit that to anything besides obviously, you know, your surroundings, your, your just girl. Taking, taking for the you know first time in my life appreciation for, you know, having a relationship with somebody that you know loves you and that you know, you know, I found the right person and and um, 
it's it's an it's an amazing thing and just appreciating mm. family life sure sure yeah. i love it I, I, I love hearing it. let's get back to the discography real quick uh turn it up chameleon air featuring little flip lighters up little kim <laughs> lord give me a sign dmx how the fuck did that happen uh how did that how did that track happen man that's that's my guy right there uh, I got love for for X, I and mean, we've been friends a long time. And, um, you know, I, we actually both were in treatment. At, you know, in similar times. I, I I recommended that he went to go to the place that I went to, and you know, try to help him out. And we both went through a lot of that. So, mm. you know, God bless him, and he's had a hell of a journey. Sure, it's important. One of the have. greatest to ever do it. Sure, that's important that you reach out to him like that. Conceded, Remy Ma. Why We Thugs, Ice Cube, Give Me That, Remix, Chris Brown featuring Little Wayne, another Chris Brown hit, About Us, Brooke Hogan featuring Paul Wall. You proud of that one? Not so much, but I remember I got cornered at a club uh, one time at, <laughs> at Mansion, my boys club that was just here, Chris, uh, and... Um, Hey brother, <laughs> I want you to make a record for my daughter. Oh, my brother, how are you gonna say no to the Hulkster? What the fuck? <laughs> the way you just did that was classic. No disrespect. No, to, no, no, to no disrespect. Her, I'm because we actually got a hit song out of it, and there was other influences. A good friend of mine, Cecil Barker in Florida, uh, owns Sobe Records, and you know, I just went out and I and I did it, and you know, it is what it is. Mm. Make it rain, Fat Joe featuring Little, another smash hit. Yeah, that's a cool record. How, how does, I had how people calling me when we put that record out, like, don't you ever do that again to us. I'm going fucking broke right now. Every time that song comes on, we throw money. Please don't make songs like that. <laughs> hey, listen, there's a lot of people around the world, I'm sure, thank you for that, particularly even strippers. <laughs> you know, that. I mean, that was I mean, that was a strip club smash for uh, years besides everything else. Yeah. Uh, let's ride the game. You Ain't No Birdman and Little Wayne. Um, Love that one. Yeah. Uh, you still uh, talk to Birdman? Not Birdman, but I talk to Weezy all the time. Mm, mm. He's a great guy. Yeah. His future is bright. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good to hear. Lock You Down, Maya featuring Lil Wayne. That was me and Pooh Bear. Mm, mm -hmm. What's up with Pooh Bear, man? He's out there killing it, taking over the world. Talented individual. Amazing. You have any other uh, producers that inspired you over the game, you know, over the years? I mean, Timberland, Dre, you know. Kanye, Blaze, mm. certain ones that you know, mm. definitely. We can't Swiss actually. Yes, sure. yeah, so, oh man, Swiss is nasty. We can't. We actually can't forget uh, about the Dr. Dre story. I know you, you uh, told it a lot of times, but uh, you went out to you know you met Dr. Dre. You went out to uh, the studio. Mm -hmm. I remember hearing that uh, just to what, work on some stuff or play the piano. Well, no, I was I was uh, actually uh, doing an event for the Roots OK Player called the Black Lily. Mm. And it was like a women in music series. I was like the keyboard player for it. It was my first time in California. And um, this girl I knew from Philly, Eve, ran up to me. I hadn't seen her in a while. And I was like, she's in L.A. I'm like, what are you doing here? She's like, I got signed to Dr. Dre. And she showed love because I was always, you know, gave her uh, music and I was cool with her. I was always respectful to her and. She remembered and she blessed me. It was nobody else that she let in, those, in Dre's doors except me. And she, she told Dre to listen to me. And I didn't have any music or my beats with me. I was like, didn't I was unprepared. So I said, tell Dre I'll, I'll play the piano. So I sat down at the piano and he was like, hey, you ain't going nowhere. Let's make this album. I had a room key for a, a ill hotel and, a, and and like ten grand. Like it was like. What, the, the next rap. day? That day. Oh, that day. Yeah, I within think, an hour of meeting him. Yeah, that's classic. I think the next day... The next day we made a song called Big Egos. Mm, mm. And no, the, that was the, the day after that. The, he, the next he, day we made a, a song we finished. I, I helped him finish this song for um, this new artist, this guy, Marshall Mathers. Mm, and shady. it was called uh, Just the Two of Us. Mm. And, uh, what was your first thoughts when you met Eminem? He was cool, man. He was talented. Genius walking in the room. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see it early on? He didn't have on? the blonde hair yet. Nothing. It was like he had dark hair and he was just like a cool guy came in. I wasn't expecting it to be a white dude that came in the room when Dre was like, I got one of the illest rappers coming in. This kid's incredible. And so I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, it's another guy who, uh, you know, obviously made an album called Recovery. Um, you know, has been clean for so long. Um, changed his life around. Yeah. 
Um, you know, you ever get a chance to speak to him about recovery? No, I haven't. Mm. I haven't. I want to. And um, I was talking, excuse me, to Fred Reck the other day mm. about potentially getting in with him and him in Detroit. So I would love it. I would love to have that chance. Mm. Listen, man, uh, powerful, powerful. We'll continue going down, the, you know, as we wind down the, you know, work. Kelly Rowland, man. Um, comeback. Oh, that was a promotional single, they say. You know what inspired all the music, I tell you? Yeah. It's Grillo's Pickles. <laughs> They're just incredible. It's I'm the glad, ultimate I'm, in deal experience. Hey, listen, I'm glad I put you on because this kid has a similar, uh, you know, came from the bottom. Um, you know, it's funny. This kid, uh, why I love him so much, was selling two spears for a dollar in the street out of a wooden pickle cart. And now he's got people laughed all at over him. the world. People laughed at him. The health department God gave bless him. the health department gave him um, um, what was that called? Like a permit for, for free, like for the first month. So you're not going to last out here anyway. Listen, I tell everybody this: that life is only going to take you as far as your imagination will let you. Mm. You know, you have to believe in yourself and what you can do. And mm. Listen to what people tell you you can't do. Mm, 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 mm. What's one session that you were in that? Uh, y- you felt like um, that. I mean, there's a lot of you know history you made, but what's one session where <coughs> you you just felt like you were on autopilot? You ever feel like that? Like that you felt that you really were like, wow, I'm really because you say I have a God given talent, but where you said to yourself, wow, this is this is simple to do. You ever feel that way? You know what? It's so crazy. Sometimes I feel like I'm receiving satellite like from somewhere, and just like I black out, and then all of a sudden the song is there, and it just happens. It's crazy. <laughs> so what's some up and coming uh, artists that you uh, <coughs> really like that you know I know you're working with uh, I know Steve I've uh, seen with uh, NBA Youngboy um, yeah. who else uh, man, I'm working with all kinds Ross of I love what you did with Ross I just did a song that I really like with Derez Deshaun okay um, Thought Mouse who was in the Vivo piece which is he's mm-hmm. super actually talented. I met that kid last night uh, uh, super talented you know it, it, that piece of you on the roof uh, first of all, which is sick. Shouts to Vivo. Shouts to Joe Patel. Uh, shouts to the whole crew over there. You know, um, it um, when that kid, it, it seemed organic. It seemed authentic. The way he was on the side of you, uh, just kind of like singing and and, and putting. It's, it's special to see moments like that. It's it's amazing to be part of these uh, talented people in early part of their career and being, you know, just like I did with Chris Brown. It's like the the new blood is really. The next generation, man. Mm. You know, when when you think back and you look back at everything you've done, you know, you ever think about what you want your legacy to be? What you want people to remember you by? I mean, obviously by the music, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I definitely um, I, I want I want to be remembered as one of the greatest producers of all time, mm. and I feel like I deserve it. And you know, hopefully that people can get past the the fact that I had a moment in my life of, of being sick with, with drug addiction and and they get used to knowing that mm. I'm still here and <laughs> hey listen you know uh in sports I feel like sometimes people have uh, issues or drug addictions or problems and if they throw a couple of touchdowns or hit a couple of home runs uh, mm-hmm. everybody forgets uh this is not sports uh this is uh you know music but at the same time I think that you know, nobody's perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, the Scott Storch story is is not over. We're mm-hmm. just this is like we're going into third quarter right now. Mm-hmm. The game. What does somebody? You know, one thing I really like too. Uh, Fat Joe was at this uh, Vivo, um, you know, premiere on on, and um, just the way he spoke about you, you know, um, and 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 how his support he has for you is. What does Fat Joe mean to you? Man, he's. He's a, first and foremost, he's a, one of my closest friends and, you know, it's an honor to be friends with him and to have made history with him. But, you know, he's, a, he's, a, he believes in me and, you know, it's crazy. Like I made so many hit records even before the, uh, lean back record, which was our first record. Together. Sure. And not many people really knew who I was and like, it was almost like I was swept under the rug because I was just like a little white kid or whatever. I didn't have like sure. a name brand. I didn't, you know, wasn't on the videos like that ever. And then <clears throat> Joe, in Lean Back, he said my name aggressively in yeah. the top of the song, you know, as if I was like the biggest producer in the world. And uh, it really opened people's eyes. 
And he kind of, like, changed my life with that. Like, And then everybody became a thing. Everybody was, Scott Storch, Scott Storch, at the beginning of their record, you know, mm-hmm. as it's maybe to help sell the record. Sure. <laughs> so that's, that's big. all Joe. South to Joe. Now, what about Crimea River? Uh, you were in a session for that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. How was that? It was cool. I remember um, me and Tim, we were at Westlake Studios, and uh, I just, my memory of that session is sitting, they had, a, like, a little uh, kind of uh, booth a little piano room off to the side and I set up the roads in there and, and I remember Justin was leaning over the uh, the, the roads and just humming melodies and, and the the little keyboard line came and it was amazing. Timberland added his sonics to it. Sure, sure. It's just a, re- genius. a recipe for success. What about uh, working with Alicia Keys? Uh, Alicia Keys never happened. No? But I remember... I was put in a room. It's a funny story. I was at, I believe it was J Records at the time. Uh-huh. And there was this little girl that they wanted me to work with. And they put me and Alicia in a room together, like with a piano. It was an upright piano. And I was like playing for her. And she was looking at me like, all right, that's cool, but I want to play the piano. Uh-huh. <laughs> so she wanted to, she was like, she wasn't ready for that yet. She was like, she was more into being the music behind herself at that point. So that, it just never ended up happening. But mm. Mm. Is there anybody today that you think about? I mean, you've been around for 20, 25 plus years. Anybody that you think about that you haven't worked with that you wanted to work with? I want to work directly with somebody that I've worked several times indirectly with, never in the studio. Um, but I have many songs with Jay-Z, mm. um, some with Timberland and some with Dre and, I want to have an opportunity to sit with Jay again mm. and like, and make, make some music. Mm. What about Drake? As well. Mm. Definitely want to work with Drake. Mm. Now, what a about- lot of these, a lot of these people, they are self-contained units and they have their people and there's a loyalty there that they have. So, you know, if I can get a chance to get even one time with Drake, I mean, just to have one record with him, be great. Mm. Just for the sake of it. Rihanna's another one of those people. Mm. And um, but you, you know, being around twenty five years, um, the game has changed. You know what I'm saying? Like meaning, like the social media side. You see a lot of these young kids come up; they don't need a label. Uh, very successful. Very there's a lot of talent out there that mm-hmm. can be found easy. Uh, do, how, how do you feel that you adapted to that? Like because you know you made the transition where it's like you know you did it you know in the '90s and now you're doing it I still now. The only difference now is everybody's got a chance. Uh. And people are going to gravitate to what they gravitate to. Um, You know, I think, you know, a lot of these new artists, there's a lot of talented ones. and There's a lot of garbage out there. Mm. I would like to see a lot of that disappear. And hopefully now that I'm I'm back making music very steadily, I can help some of the uh, sound of getting or help people's ears get used to listening to real shit again. Mm. Because people get programmed into what they think they're supposed to like or whatever it is. But like, you know, some of the integrity and some of the music making is not there. And I want to get people's ears back to real music. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you ever think about, uh, you know, when you're working with somebody and I know, I know somebody asked this question last night and uh, Steve Abel was talking about it and people are doing different drugs and you know, anybody, does that ever bother you when someone's doing drugs in front of you? I mean, it don't happen. We don't let it happen, okay. but they try. And there's a lot of people that think it's the coolest thing in the world, like just so ignorant, like even knowing I'm I'm sober, that just try to like, yo, I want to do a bump with Scott Storch. You mm. know what I mean? It's ignorant, but, you know, I got a good crew around me. Mm. So we, we, we're not with the bullshit. I love the crew. Listen, uh, as, as we uh, continue to wind down, you made a lot of money. Um, you know, and you you spent a lot of money mm-hmm. for somebody listening um, that wants to go down that road of success. Um, what what's some things they should do as they make their money? What's 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 some advice you have for people with money? Because sometimes money's overrated. People yeah. want it, love it, but they need to know how to manage it. Yeah, I mean, you should use money to buy your freedom and buy your you know ability to you know provide for the rest of your life, not for the moment. You know, people have to realize that they're, you know, anything can happen in life. And like what seems like a career that's making you this crazy amount of money now 
might not be down the road. So save for the rainy days. Mm. And any up and coming producers uh, listening to this, or you know anybody uh, you know going through an addiction, uh, going through a problem, and you know trying to kick the habit, uh, you know what's some advice you have for them? Stop doing drugs. Mm. Smoke weed. Mm. <laughs> so, and, and and it and doesn't end. There's no happy sushi. ending. Yeah, don't abuse anything. Mm. You know, mm. you can abuse anything in this life, and it can affect you. you drink too many sodas if you, you know, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Too many cokes, too many Pepsi is no too good. Too many chocolate bars. What's the craziest uh, weekend party you ever throw? Weekend or yeah. just week? Fuck. <laughs> All right, give me the week. The week. I mean, there's a whole bunch of them. There's been a whole bunch of them. I mean, I used to have. 800,000 people at my parties in my house and it was nothing unplanned after was it chefs there was sometimes yeah was was there um, breakfast usually usually late night events Mm. but you know there was debauchery Mm-hmm. Do you do you remember the stu- like? Is there something that you spent money on that you said was a stupid thing? You're like ah, I should never spend. Is there anything you regret spending money on? You know what? Some people have a car collection mm-hmm. or a jewelry collection or this, or they might could buy a boat. They might. I had an everything collection. Mm. There wasn't something that I mean. I I was buying the stupidest shit in the world. I one time. Couldn't think of something to buy. So I went and bought a set of perfume bottles that were covered in diamonds, multicolored diamonds. It's like $800,000. It was like four little bottles for perfume. What was it, jupe? And I remember it was sitting, they were sitting on my, my uh, bathroom sink. And and some broad knocked one over and just destroyed it in like what two the seconds. Fuck? Yeah, I was just like, What's this, the matter with her? Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, like, you know. It was nonsense. Mm-hmm. I had collections of like crystal figurines, collections. I had you know boat collections, but how did you car learn, how did you learn how did you learn about like you know what I mean? Because you have like that's one thing people can say you spent money. People can say Scott Stroud does that. You made money. You you have good taste. You know what I mean? Is that and that doesn't just come with just because you have fucking money. Yeah, I mean I was exposed to a lot of serious shit, with a lot of serious players. I was hanging out with billionaires, and I wasn't a billionaire, but yeah. I was living like one. I like that you said that. I think you said that yesterday. You said uh, that you were living a billionaire life, but you yeah. were only a millionaire. Yeah, yeah, that's sick. And when you there think was about a point it. in my life where I guess you know I was I found myself. Chasing a particular woman that a lot of people know who came into my life at one point, yeah, and um, uh, trying to impress that person and play a role, even though I was making shitloads of money, I wanted to play a role with the kind of people that this girl used to hang with, and these are like hotel owners of, in Vegas sure. and like sure. just crazy, crazy like made guys. So, I, I you know, trying to like impress her, I spent a lot of stupid money. Mm. One too many chartered flights to Europe. One too many. <laughs> I think they're cheaper now, you know what I mean, to get chartered flights, you know. Yeah. If All I can say is this. If there was Instagram in 2006. You would have 100 million followers. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it would be crazy. Yeah. crazy. But listen, listen, uh, internet, um, the Vivo piece, still storch. Um, you know, we got Coco Nugs. We got your own, uh, you know, uh, thing that you were doing with uh, with Lincoln now, w- before we even go, what about the, don't you have a new single? I do. Like, you know, th- that's the phase of my career that I'm, I feel like I should talk about. And that's going from being like a producer that you go to to get a record for your album into being a producer that's getting features for my album. And now I, I've, I've called upon, a, a, you know, some cats and I made a few singles about to put out. Um First one, um, Suicide Doors, which is Trippy Red, mm. Ty Dollar, and mm. Fat Joe. Mm. And it's, it's, you know. It's going it's, it's, it's it's to be nice. a banger. Yeah. I'm excited to hear some of this. I'm excited to see, continue to see you working. Um, you know, we working. As the, the, the man working. Steve, as the man Steve LaBelle says, listen, uh, I, I honestly want to say this. Uh, just your comeback is, is special, you know, and, and, you know, Thank you. It, appreciate it. It, it, it means a lot, you know what I mean? To, like, like I said, you're inspiring people without even knowing, you know, that, uh, you could change your life around and, 
you know, I, I don't want you to ever think like that's a proud moment what you're doing right now, and you know, and, and I'm excited for that. I can hold my head up again. Oh, forget it. Listen, and 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 you know, when I uh, ever get rich, if I do, uh, and I want to buy a car, what is your uh, advice? What car should I fucking buy? Um, probably a Tesla. A Tesla, because all the other ones are going to be obsolete soon. Okay, I highly recommend it. Is there a certain Tesla that I should buy? I don't know. Okay. I don't have one. I drive a Ferrari. Elon Musk, let's okay. torture a, a fucking uh, <laughs> a Tesla tomorrow. Internet, the one and only Scott Storch. Peace. See you next episode. Internet, if you enjoyed that episode, I want you to email me at thepremiumpeachshow at gmail.com. Again, that email is thepremiumpeachshow at gmail.com. Let me know what you thought. And listen, all my advertisers out there, all my big businesses, my small businesses, whoever, a friend, a store, you want to advertise on the Premium Pete Show? Email me at thepremiumpeachshow at gmail.com and let's get working. Okay? Make sure you subscribe, rate, leave a comment on all streaming platforms of the podcast. Tell a friend to tell a friend. And we'll see you next episode. Cheer. 